Welcome to the Sardis Fellowship Sermon Podcast. Today's message was originally preached on Sunday, November 8th by Pastor Eugene Brela. It is the eighth message in our Fall 2020 sermon series entitled God of Wonder. Check out sardisfellowship.com for more information about our church. Today you will be hearing a message from our administrative pastor, Eugene Brela. He's been on staff with us for about a year and a half now. And Eugene is married to Mariana. They have two grown kids, Paul and Estera. They're really involved in the life of our church. The Brelas moved from Moldova to Canada in 2008. And you know, there's an amazing story there of sacrifice and perseverance. We don't have time to share it today, but if you heard it, you would admire the faith of this family. In 2009, they moved to Chilliwack, and in 2010, they started attending Sardis Fellowship. And that was due to the fact that their son, Paul, uh, was coming to our youth ministry. I've asked Eugene to preach today in spite of the fact that he doesn't want to. He very openly admits that English isn't his second language, it's his third language, and it can be challenging for the words to come or to come out right. But that's a small inconvenience for hearing the heart of a man who seeks God in prayer. I told him, you have to preach on prayer in this sermon series. You're the right one to do that. You spend hours lifting up the needs of this congregation. You draw people together to pray on Zoom, in person. You send out prayer requests each week. Eugene, you're the right one to speak on prayer in our God of Wonder sermon series. And so I trust today that you will, after hearing this message, be encouraged yourself to become a person of prayer as we collectively, as the body of Christ, seek God for what he has for us individually and collectively as a church in this community and around the world. So God bless you as you hear Pastor Eugene preach today. God of wonder and prayer. As part of this sermon series, God of wonder, today we will explore prayer. And the disclosure that I need to make is that I'm struggling to pray and I'm struggling with prayer. I will not be able to give you a formula for your daily life of prayer, but I will invite you to a journey of seeking God and knowing him through a life of prayer. And our starting point on this journey is to explore what we believe or think we know about God, because our image and understanding of God has a huge impact on our theology and practice of prayer. In exploring prayer, we'll not take a philosophical or theological approach, though some statements will be philosophical or theological in essence, but we will walk through Bible stories, gleaning the truth about God and prayer. So I'm basically adopting St. Alsem's approach, the Archbishop of Canterbury in the Middle Ages. I do not seek to understand in order that I may believe, but I believe in order to understand. For this also I believe that unless I believe, I shall not understand. We will walk by faith through the Bible and glean from Bible stories the revealed truth about God and prayer. And um, the Foundations that we will build on are the following statements. Basically, the first one is that God is the same and he does not change. But he revealed himself and he's willing to change in relationship with his creation, in relationship to humanity. So 
on these two foundations, we'll build or we will explore the importance of prayer. God is the same, and he does not change. And he revealed himself to Moses as Yahweh. I am who I am. Pastor Rod preached last week on the doctrine of Trinity, and you may want to revisit his sermon as it offers a great framework on how to comprehend who God is. We cannot describe him or imagine him. Trying to use an image to describe God will always be misleading and will lead us to idolatry. Aaron, when Moses was on the mountain with God receiving the Ten Commandments, he used an image to describe God as a strong and powerful being, an image of a bull of, or a cow, but resulting in harm to the nation, harm to the understanding of God and to their walk with God. We cannot describe God, but we can learn about him from what he chose to reveal about himself. And he chose to reveal to us that he's the only true God and there is no other God. Prophet Isaiah, in prophesying to Israel, is pointing them to God and he Israel at that point is stuck in idolatry. They did not have a right perspective on who God is. And Isaiah in chapter 444 of the book of Isaiah, uh, he tells, this is what the Lord say, says, Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first, I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. Who then? is like me. Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and lay out before me what has happened since I established my ancient people and what is yet to come. Yes, let them foretell what will come. Do not tremble. Do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and foretell it long ago? You are my witness. There is any God besides me? No, there is no other rock. I know not one. God reveals to us that he is the only true God. He is the same. There is no change in him. In his nature, essence, character, knowledge, eternity, and all his other attributes, in his being, God does not change. He's the same always. So today we are dealing with the same God that created all things, the God of Avram, Isaac, and Jacob, the almighty God. What God does, he always purposed to do, since with him there is no increase of knowledge or power, such as characterizes finite beings. It follows that what under any given circumstances he permits or does, he must have eternally declared to permit or do. To suppose that God has a multitude of plans and, and that he changes his plan 
with exigences of the situation is to make him infinitely dependent upon the varying wills of his creatures and to deny him one necessary element of perfection, namely immutability. The quote is from the Systematic Theology by August Hoping Strong. And Isaiah proclaiming this truth to Israel in Isaiah 46, verse 8 to 13, he tells them, remember this, keep it in mind, take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey, from a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that I will do. So God revealed to us that he is the only God. He is almighty. He is not changing. Today, we are approaching the same God, God who created all things. God of Avram, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, God that revealed himself to Moses, God that spoke through the prophets and saved us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And because he is the only God, he is not changing. We can learn from the Bible who God is and how to approach him. God is willing to reveal himself to humanity. And in his relationship to his creation, he is willing to change. And we see from the Bible that everything that he created was good. God walked in the coolness of the morning with Adam in the Garden of Eden. But this changed when Adam and Eve have sinned. This story is Genesis, recorded in Genesis chapter 1 to 3. God is promising to Israel that he's taking them to the promised land. But the generation that received the promise never reached the land because of lawlessness, because of lack of faith. So we read, we read this story from Exodus to Deuteronomy. God is communicating to people of Nineveh, Nineveh. But in 40 days, the city will be destroyed if they don't repent. And the city repents, and God does not destroy the city. We learn that God is concerned about people who cannot tell their right hand from their left hand. He, he has compassion. So God is the same. Intrinsically, he is not changing, but he is changing in relationship to humanity. So from the Bible, we learn how to walk with God, how to approach God. Sin keeps us apart from him, but his mercy and love are always available 
and he's willing to heal our brokenness, brokenness when we come before him in repentance and ask for forgiveness and help. So based on the, what we learn about God from the Bible, uh, we will discuss the last part of this sermon. And basically, this is what I wanted to say, probably in one sentence. Prayer is important. Prayer is an important aspect of one's spiritual life. It is interesting to see that disciples did not ask Jesus to teach them to preach, to make disciples or anything else, but they asked Jesus, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray is also our prayer request today. God is the same. He is holy, he is able, he is love. He keeps all his covenants and promises and he is willing to reveal himself and to answer our prayers. In the Bible we have great examples of people praying struggling with their need and stressful situations and um, how God answers their prayer. Hannah, the Samuel's mother, is praying for a son, a basic human need, a desire to have a child. And in that context, she just wants a male child. And she's praying in the temple and crying her heart to God. Her pain is misunderstood even by the high priest, Eli. He does not understand her. But God is using her desire and her prayer and is doing something bigger. He is raising a prophet to Israel. An apparent delay to answer your prayers, it may be because God is doing something bigger than just responding to your desire or to your prayer request. He may be raising a prophet. Another great story is Daniel. Prophet Daniel is almost 90 years old and he came in captivity to Babylon when he was only 14. From the book of, of uh, Jeremiah, Prophet Jeremiah, he knows that the captivity will be for 70 years. So we see this prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 12, and 29, verse 14 to 14. Verse 4 to 14. The 70 years of captivity prophesied by Jeremiah passed, and Daniel turns to God in prayer of repentance and supplication for his nation with fasting. He's fasting and he's praying. An angel Gabriel brings an answer insight and understanding of what is going to happen with Israel nation in the future. In chapter 10, we see that Daniel is praying and fasting for 21 days before he receives an answer to his prayer. And the angel is telling Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before God, your words have been heard, and I, the angel, Come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the king of Persia. A delay 
in receiving an answer to your prayer. It may be because of the spiritual warfare that is going on around us without we even being aware of it. So knowing that God is the same, that he is able, he is present, he is loving, he is faithful to his promises, let's come boldly before God in prayer. And finally, I will come to some teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ and apostles from the New Testament, how they encourage us to pray. We see the parable of a friend in Luke chapter 11, verse 5 to 8. In this parable, Jesus is encouraging us to come to pray at any time, during midnight, early in the morning, it does not matter when. Come before God in prayer. In Luke chapter 11, verse 9 to 13, Jesus is encouraging us to seek, to knock, and to ask. God is a good father. He knows how to give good gifts to his children. In Luke chapter 18, we see another parable, parable of an unjust judge. And this parable is teaching us to be perseverant in prayer. Continue to pray. Fast and pray at least for 21 days as Daniel did. God is a just judge. James chapter 5, verse 13 to 18, is teaching us that prayer of a righteous person has great power. Even when you don't see your prayer has a great power. You may pray for some basic desires and needs, but God is raising a prophet. You may think that your prayers are delayed or not heard, but a spiritual warfare is happening around us, and you know, God is doing something great. Keep praying. And Jesus, basically, if you read John 14, 15, you will see so many times that Jesus is encouraging us to pray. Stay in Christ. This is John 15, abide in Christ. And then ask for anything, and it will be done for you. So church, we have great promises. Let's seek God's face. Let's keep praying. Thanks for listening to the Sardis Fellowship Sermon Podcast. For more information on Sardis Fellowship, please check out sardisfellowship.com.